the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss, including uh, our very first guests who are doing some incredible, incredible things. I'm thrilled to kick off the program tonight uh, with our first guest, Jim Elliott and Tina Marie Hernandez. Uh, Jim Elliott is the founder and president of... And uh, Tina Marie is the executive director of Dive Heart, an incredible, incredible organization, which we're going to get right into. Uh, Jim and Tina Marie, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So uh, I am curious for either of you, please uh, tell us a little bit about Dive Heart and we'll, uh, we'll get into uh, demystifying some of the amazing, amazing work that you're doing. Sure. Um, so Dive Heart is a um, 501c3 nonprofit. We work with people with um, disabilities, cognitive and physical, and we use scuba diving as a therapy for them. So we get people into the water locally in pools um, and in quarries, or, and then we also do trips. We do training. Um, but the basic, the basic thing that we do is getting them into water and helping them experience something um, that does things for them, you know, there's pain relief. There's a difference in the way they think about themselves. Uh, there's a difference in the way other people think of them when they go back to their friends and family and say, I'm a scuba diver. Um, so it's a really incredible thing uh, to see and to experience for everyone. It, it's incredible. And, and we're going to talk about um, some of the operations and you're led by a small but mighty team, Tina Marie, leading uh, that team um, and uh, you're in a couple of different areas. I'm particularly interested in uh, the Dive Heart Military Wounded uh, Program, which I'm going to uh, going to get into. But uh, Jim, you have a very interesting story. Um, you are the founder and president of Dive Heart, and you uh, were once a volunteer guide for blind downhill skiers. Uh, but you uh, were brought along in, in, with an inspiration. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, I was, I'm a media guy, really. Um, I, I was with the Tribune WGN Radio, helped start up CLTV News in town here in Chicago. And in the 80s, um, I got involved in a, in a blind downhill ski group. My oldest daughter's blind. And it really helped turn her life around and other people's lives around. And as a, as a journalist in college, I thought, you know, 
I'll take diving in case I meet someone like Jacques Cousteau. So I, I knew about diving in the 70s. And uh, all the time I'm, ski- I'm skiing and I'm watching these amazing things happen with, with blind skiers and, and uh, skiers with other disabilities, I'm thinking, gosh, this would be really cool to do in diving. And mainly I was only thinking about physical disabilities. I was thinking mainly about getting people out of wheelchairs, and getting them underwater. And, and when you, you get their buoyancy right and teach them how to use their breathing, they're able to actually like stand up. And the big thrill for me is the first time I get a guy who's been in a wheelchair for like 15 years uh, standing up and then looking down and going, oh, my God, I'm standing up again. That And, and the look on their face, and it, it's amazing. And the smiles when they come out of the water is, is really amazing. It is amazing. And in, I have to admit, in preparing for this uh, for this interview, I was sort of hoping uh, that you would uh, we record this interview and I could actually see you face to face. I was sort of hoping you'd be you'd both be in full uh, scuba diving gear. But uh, <laughs> I'll be at uh, our radio uh, listeners don't uh, don't know the difference. So we'll just say that you are and uh, you look you both look wonderful. Uh, so what I find fascinating is about dive heart. Well, many things. Um, but there is a concept of not-for-profits and for-profits working to, together to better communities. Why is this so important? And can you talk about how Dive Heart is sort of leading the way in that charge? Sure. Um, last year, uh, we started a campaign which is called the Power of Partnership. And what that really is, is we think a lot about the, the partnerships we have with for-profit businesses because we go to them for various things. They're vendors, they're pool providers, they're supporters of ours, um, as well as the partnerships we have with other nonprofits and with the participants we work with and the volunteers we have. Um, We've had some really interesting collaborations where we've gone and done, um, so uh, with a a for-profit company where we've done talks like, you know, the brown bag lunches or something in the evening where we're able to talk about what Dive Heart does and they can look to their employees or their customers and see if there were people that they know that could benefit from our program. Um, we've also done things where we've collaborated and created like a, there was a time when we did like the wristbands with one of our travel providers that help us with our um trips that we do outside of the U.S. and we collaborated with them and, and did a, we gave them out to promote both of our, uh, what we do together. Yeah, we think that um, for-profit businesses uh, need an advantage, especially now with COVID. And we think that when we, when we collaborate, it adds value to what they do. So we were with a, a financial organization at one point where they invited their customers and they invited their staff to come and hear us talk about the power of scuba therapy uh, for children or, or adults with autism. So that was very powerful because they brought a lot of people in. People were were in tears because they didn't realize how how it could change the lives of individuals with autism, for example. And it it has a lot to do with being underwater, eliminating surface distractions. The ambient pressure helps a lot. So uh, that's a big thing we've discovered. And, um, you know, adding value is a big part of what we can do with a for-profit company. You mentioned our DMW program. And one of the bigger um, collaborations we've done in that area is with Raytheon, um, which is a for-profit company that has a very strong tie to the military 
and they have sponsored programs for us in the Florida area. And we've had discussions. We haven't, um, they haven't come to fruition yet, but we've had discussions with them about expanding and doing programs in Arizona and other locations. Um, but they're, they're a big supporter of our DMW program. Yeah, we collaborate with hospitals like uh, Shirley Ryan and Northwestern and Duke University Medical Centers, Midwestern here in Downers Grove to do scuba therapy research as well. And we really pioneered that when we started Dive Heart in 2001 and are doing more than anybody else in the world in scuba therapy research. And there are really some great benefits, too. If we get people deep enough, it helps with chronic pain. People can be pain-free for up to three weeks after they go on a dive trip with us. Um, also, PTSD symptoms are alleviated if we can get them deep enough. Doctors from Hopkins discovered that. And you've received many accolades, very, very, very well, well deserved, including, uh, I know, Jim, um, you've been called the Humanitarian of the Year from the Illinois Skin and Scuba Council, as well as uh, the Community Award from the Rehab Institute of Chicago. Uh, so congratulations on all of that. Um, uh, aside for the program, uh, many programs here in the Chicagoland area, and uh, you were just talking about some of your uh, military programs, which is fantastic. And I'm curious to uh, to learn more about offline. You are running, you are running programs all throughout the country, as well as a program in Malaysia. Can you briefly tell us about that? Yes, um, in 2016, we were sponsored by a couple of volunteers who really wanted us to go out and and do a program and do some training in the Philippines. They do a lot of work with us out here in our Chicago team. And we went with them and we were also invited by a gentleman um, out of Singapore who wanted to talk to us about training people with disabilities to get them into commercial diving. And so in that, we met a man um, who came up to us. He came to the Singapore presentation and said, I have been waiting to do this with you guys for years. I'm I'm, I'm retiring from my current position and I want to do this. And he had already been a big person in the dive industry in that he teaches, he specializes in teaching children. Um, he wow. Calls, he calls it kids scuba. And so since 2016, he has just taken off. He's helped start and train a team that's out of Borneo and he doesn't stop. He's totally bringing dive heart to as many people as he can in that region. Well, that certainly seems to be a theme is uh, you guys don't stop continuing to grow, continuing to make an impact in all areas. Um, I've been chatting with Jim Elliott, uh, the founder and president of Dive Heart, as well as Tina Marie Hernandez, the executive director, uh, doing some incredible things, including these tough times of COVID-19, uh, working uh, to uh, form a uh, partnership between not-for-profits and for-profits working together. Uh, Tina Marie, if you can share the website where people can learn more. Sure. It's um, www.diveheart.org. Fantastic. D-I-V-E-H-E-A-R-T dot O-R-G. Check them out. Support them. Donate. Get involved in their many, many programs throughout the Chicagoland area, as well as around the country and around the world. Uh, Jim and Tina Marie, thanks for joining us on the air. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And we'll be back in just a few moments. Uh, more on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Hey, Chicago, back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomplan.com. That's where you can download six plus years of the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomplan. So I'm thrilled to be joined um, by Jeanette Collazo, who is the president and CEO of the Lourdes Consulting Group. And uh, Jeanette, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the program. 
No, thanks for having me. I do appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. an honor for me. Absolutely. And uh, you have uh, quite an impressive uh, background, quite an impressive bio, two decades of stellar project management success and bilingual expertise in uh, your work helping companies institute IT projects, data migration, data center transformation. I go on and on and on, but uh, Jeanette, our uh, our listeners love to get to know the person behind the microphone beyond just the written bio. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So yeah, so I am uh, actually, uh, I have been in the career for 25 years in IT project management. Um, I decided to become an entrepreneur actually last year after so many years of experience. Um, the reason why I decided to start into doing my own business in project management is because I saw there was a need for project management in the sense of um, uh, pricing. Pricing of IT is pretty high these days, uh, especially in the project management field. Uh, so I saw there was, uh, there was a need for that. I saw also there was a need for, for it because a lot of customers were actually excluding project management from it um, because of the high cost. So I believe that by me being a smaller company, um, like we would call a boutique style company, that I could bring a, a better service at a lower price to my clients. That's amazing. And you recently, uh, you recently wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that's another reason. You know, I decided to write this book. Um, project management is pretty broad, right? Uh, sometimes some people refer to it as, oh, it's a little bit on the boring side, right? Uh, but it's, it really isn't, right? Project management is not about only the tools. It's not only about, um, you know, it's not only about following a methodology or following processes. In the end, you know, a project manager, all he does is takes a team into fulfilling and completing a project, right? So what it boils down to is relationships, right? Relationships with, with the people in your team, all the vendors that you work with, with the CIO, all the way down to the business analyst, right? So a lot of people focus only on the technicality of things of a project, but they forget that human factor that is so important, so critical um, to, to really. So if I don't understand each one of the members individually in my project, how am I going to be successful and in completing a project, even if I give them the best tools, right? If they can't communicate between each other, how are they going to do that? So that's what that's right. my book is all about. That's right. And, and Jeanette, the, uh, the, the book um, is called uh, TEAM. Uh, you keep using that. Uh, it actually is an acronym, and uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But TEAM, the IT project manager's secret decoder for increasing relational excellence. And so let's talk about what the acronym of TEAM is and what the TEAM assessment looks like. Sure. So, so the acronym stands for T, which is tenacious. Um, uh, the E, which is... Um, Equable, uh, the A for analytical, and then the M for um, I forgot what the program of them was. Um, the magnetic, was magnetic, right? So, but anyways, I am MT. I'm a T, uh, and basically, what we're trying to do with the with the assessment is trying to determine what each one of the personalities on my team are, right? So, how do you deal with a person that's tenacious, uh, a person that's a Type A personality like me, right? Or how do you deal with a person that's more magnetic, right? That is more on a cheerful side. You know, sometimes the team might wake up on the left side of the bed and say, okay, I can't stand that magnetic person right now. I can't deal with him right now. How do, we, how do you go about that, right? So the assessment, which, by the way, you can find on my website at 
dot uh, lourdesconsultinggroup.com. Lourdes spell L-U-R-D-E-Z. Uh, it's basically you go out there and it's going to assess really what are your I wouldn't call them strengths or weaknesses. It's more what are you more towards what are you more inclined towards in life, right? Uh, how do you really like what is measuring? How do you really like to be spoken, right? How do you what really gets you going? What what is really that motivates you to to get the work done, right? So that's really what the assessment is all about. It's basically fight for me for to find how that person I'm going to approach that person and tell them instead of saying some people believe it or not like to be direct, tell me how to do it. Some people if you're to direct with them, you're going to be offended. So how do I go that? So the tool it's supposed to help me try to better understand and build that relationship with the with the team member. It's really, really interesting. And uh, you talked about uh, personality types. And right now, I think uh, in this era that still many of us are continuing to work remotely, uh, we're finding, uh, interestingly, that you discover people's personality types a lot more um, than when you're necessarily around them. And there's some, uh, call it social uh, subtleisms. Uh, that can cover over. So COVID-19 indeed has forced many people to work from home and away from the office. Um, It's difficult to work with a team that has different personalities in this communication sense. Tell us how the team's approach um, has worked and and what you're hearing these days. So it's very interesting. I I found it really quite a coincidence that I have written that book precisely at the right (laughs) moment. You know, what a coincidence, right? It's like, oh, I would have a crystal ball it has, it has worked out great for me. But obviously, when my main client, I have built a really good relationship by applying what I am talking about in the book and by approaching people in that way. And needless to say, for me, it was a little bit of the of a challenge the first uh, three weeks when we rolled out. Uh, I work in IT, so the responsibility of my team was moving 5,000 people, uh, literally from working in an office environment and moving them back to home, right? So now it was not me working directly with my team. It was more me trying to get people outside of my team to try to work in the new in the new way of doing work, right? Uh, and, and it's still a struggle, you know, for a lot of managers in understanding that the, you can't treat people or try to run a project in the same way that you would if you would have been in the office. It's a total different world. Uh, you need to give people more more flexibility. You can't you know, expect for people to stamp at eight in the morning and then be done by four. It just, you can't, it doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, a lot of companies, a lot of departments still believe that. Uh, And they have that old mentality and they're either going to have to really join the club and really try to um, have, have, give, give those employees the opportunity to be able to fit this new way of working into their own personal place, right? Because is you think about it, it's an invasion of your own privacy, right? You're invading my home now. You know, my home was that place where I would just break out, break and say, I don't want to talk about work. Now I'm having to roll my personal life into my business. And how do I go about that? And I believe that with the book and the things that I talk about, I think have been very helpful in trying to, um, I have applied a lot of it, and not only for my team, but outside of my team. Indeed, and I'm chatting uh, with Jeanette uh, Colazzo, uh, who is the uh, who is the CEO uh, and president of the Lourdes Consulting Group. And uh, Jeanette, you're called a lot of things, uh, including uh, most commonly a project manager. And I, from what I understand, you are being called upon quite a bit um, as a project manager and helping 
companies uh, ensure that their IT that their IT teams are working as flawlessly as possible. Um, in our minute or so remaining, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what sort of roles you usually step into and what works and what doesn't? So my role normally is I, I play a role mostly as a program manager these days, right? So um, what works and what doesn't work? Um, well, it varies. It's a very, very raw, a difficult question to answer because, it, again, it boils down to what really work is just trying to have an understanding of each person individually, right? You can't apply uh, the same thing that I apply. You're not going to work in the same way um, by me treating you this way than I would with my other team, with the other person in the team, right? So it's trying to get to understand people uh, on a personal level and try to adjust yourself as a project manager to them so that they feel comfortable working with you. That's the only way you're going to be able to get a project going. Wow. Um, well, uh, great, great advice. And again, the uh, the book, uh, all about team, uh, team being a, uh, an important acronym, uh, including working together. Jeanette Colazzo, uh from the uh, from the Lourdes Consulting Group. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the air. Can you uh, once again share the website where people can uh, get in touch with you? Yes, that is uh, www.lourdesconsultinggroup.com. Lourdes spell L-U-R-D-E-Z as in zebra. Um, contrary to the normal Lourdes that you would hear out there, which is L-O-U-R-D-E-S. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeanette, for joining us on the air. I uh, well, hope, uh, hope uh, that the remaining uh, uh, period of helping businesses continues to go well. We'll be, we'll be squeezing in a quick break over here and joined by Ron Bacci from the Italian American Veterans Museum. All right, after this quick break, Chicago, don't touch that dial. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get down to business. We'll be right back. Back on Get Down to Business. And I am thrilled to be joined by Ron Bacci, um, who, among many things, is a veteran. And that's an important uh, distinction, especially as we close out this July 4th weekend. Um, Ron, uh, you have served in the Army. Our listeners cannot see the uh, polo shirt you're wearing that has the uh, U.S. Army insignia on it. You continue to serve uh, in many different capacities, including on the board of directors of the Civil Affairs Association, as well as a fellow volunteer along with me. We talk on the show a lot about the ESGR, the Employer Support of the Garden Reserve. Thanks so much for joining us on the air. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So let's talk about your service in the Army first. Uh, tell us, uh, obviously, civil affairs was a, an important part of, uh, of your service. Uh, how long were you in and any highlights of your career uh, serving in the United States Army? Well, I did uh, a very short stint of 30 years in the uh, military. Uh, most of that in the reserve components, 27 out of the 30 in the reserve components. Uh, my active duty was uh, in Germany in early 70. Uh, and then at that time, I was technically an infantry officer. I eventually got into armor, got my certification as a tanker. And then towards the end of my career, got involved with civil affairs, which, of course, is military government from World War II. And civil affairs is, is uh, just an interesting, unique piece of uh, what the military does. And in particular, uh, my highlight would be uh, I was mobilized for Bosnia. I was on the first team that went into Bosnia after the peace accords were signed in Dayton, Ohio. In uh, <clears throat> in 2006, I went in there and uh, 
my role was to work with the local banking authorities and bankers to try and reestablish the economic situation in Bosnia. You know, once they signed the peace accords, they needed to get people back to work. They needed to make sure that all of the businesses that could be brought back would be brought to the right level. And so that's what I was involved with. So that's that's my favorite part of my career. (laughs) An impressive career. Indeed. And uh, the way I would sum it up is first you you, uh, you worked with a lot of equipment and then you started working a lot more with people. Um, and uh, indeed, uh, you've 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 achieved a great deal of success in the in the military as well as now you continue to serve. So I want to talk about the Italian American Veterans Museum where you serve as the president. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your work? Well, we have a, it's, it's a nonprofit. Uh, there is uh, no full-time staff. Our board members take turns trying to do various functions for the museum. The uh, Veterans Museum was started back in 2006, and it's grown and, and it's evolved over time. Uh, it, uh, its mission is to celebrate the legacy of the Italian-American uh, community that are brave in service of our country, but uh, it also offers comfort and support to all veterans of all backgrounds. And and a particular example of that is we hosted at the museum a resource fair back on January uh, 18th or thereabouts of this year. And we had 18 exhibitors with about 30 staff from these providing information and guidance to veterans of any sort. Uh, You didn't have to come in and say, I'm an Italian American. I want to talk to these people. So the museum has done a lot of good things. It's a small museum. We have a lot of interesting uh, exhibits. Uh, We're located five minutes from the Eisenhower, uh, just near Mannheim Road and Lake Street in the suburb of Stone Park. Uh, We occupy the third floor of the Casa Italia office center at 3800 West Division. Now, that's the Italian cultural center. It's a a campus that used to be a seminary. And after a time, the number of vocations went down, the buildings were not being used. And so we created, the Italian community created a cultural center and then the museum came into being and took over the third floor of this building. Uh, We've got exhibits from the American Revolution, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. But my favorite exhibit by far is our Italian-American Medal of Honor winners exhibit. Uh, we, we are amazed, when I go in there, I'm amazed at the number of Medal of Honors that have been awarded to recipients that are of the Italian uh, ancestry, uh, all the way up to the current conflicts. Uh, Salvador Junta, someone who I met, uh, has his uh, information in there. The Army was willing to actually lend us, we, we can't own it, but we have an actual Medal of Honor in that case. We have to have double security on that case because the Medal of Honor is in there. So I'm very proud of that. Well, uh, you've, you should be proud, and uh, thank you for preserving uh, that history. And I should say, uh, you talked about the location uh, of the museum. 
um, in Stone Park. And uh, your team has certainly uh, pivoted by, by team. I mean, some very dedicated volunteers uh, to ensure that the history continues to be open to the public by appointment. Um, I know that uh, as things let up, hopefully you'll be able to showcase that more and more. So, uh, Ron, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find out more about your work online. Can you share the website with our listeners? Yes, our website is pretty straightforward. IAV Museum. So, Italian American Museum, but just the abbreviation IAVMuseum.org. That's our website. And there's all kinds of interesting things there. Uh, war stories. There's stories about various people that have been in the military. Uh, I want to highlight the fact that uh, we have presentations in there that you can look at all kinds of different. Well, thank you for the important work that you're doing. Ron Bocci, thanks for joining us on the air. We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment. Hey, Chicago, welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we love to profile interesting businesses even better when those businesses are doing some incredible, incredible stuff. And that is the story of my next guest, Tarek Marabi uh, from the Granite and Marble Depot. Uh, Tarek, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit of background on your company. Oh, um, you know, we, we've been in business since 2005. We started, the, you know, the company in October of five. Uh, from ground up, you know, we started with, uh, if I recall, four employees. And today we have multiple locations and we have about 50 employees with the company. We do, we do countertop, uh, you know, granite quartz, marble, soil stone, uh, everything that has to do with, with, with stone. And I, by the way, uh, when you said you started the, you know, from the ground up, I, I actually was smiling uh, because uh, it kind of plays in well with your line of work. Uh, so again, I'm chatting with uh, Tarek Mojave from the Granite and Marble Depot. Uh, certainly a very impressive success story in business, uh, starting with just a couple of people and now multiple locations. So, uh, Tarek, I want to get right into it because you and your team are doing some incredible things, both in business, um, but you started a, a nominate a first responder campaign. And I want to talk about that. What was the impetus? What was your motivation in launching this very important campaign? You know, uh, when this whole thing came about, the COVID-19, I mean, it was a, a shock and surprise to all of us that we really did not know how to deal with it. And a lot of people out there, I mean, they were trying to to uh, adapt and try to figure it out. We wanted to stay positive. So we tried to think of different things that it's the time right now for us to really give something back to the community. You know, the community has supported us for the last 15 years. Now, as a small business, what can we do to pay back? And, you know, beside this this promotion that we're talking about right now or the, this giveaway that we're doing now, you know, we did a couple other little things in the, in the area that just really uh, uplift everybody and, and, and just really stay positive and show the community that we really appreciate uh, all the support they have given us over the past 15 years. It's incredible. And uh, again, uh, you have multiple locations and uh, you are calling on your customers uh, all the people that have worked with you to take a moment and nominate a nurse, a first responder, a grocery store worker, or another person or a hero that you know that works on the front lines. Um, and five, I believe five outstanding nominees will be selected 
for a new countertop, which is pretty exciting. So what's the response been so far? And uh, tell us a little bit about some of the nominations that have been coming in. You know, I mean, you know, it's been really great. I mean, you see like a, a wife nominating a husband, a mother nominating a daughter that is a nurse and what she has gone through. Uh, you know, somebody nominated a teacher, their teacher for what their support, what they have done through this whole this whole uh, situation. Um, you know, we, you know, we, again, we have a, a husband, you know, nominating a wife for, for her dedication to, to work and to the family and how she has supported, you know, the family through throughout this whole academic, you know, that we're going through right now. And there's a lot of, lot of nice little stories in there. And, you know, we're really excited about it. And I can't wait, you know, for July 15, when we're going to start, you know, uh, you know, picking out the, 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 I guess, the winners for the new countertop. And what do you think as a small business owner in the neighboring communities, um, what, uh, what, what are they going to get out of, uh, out of this campaign? What's the, what's some of the, the goals, uh, the big picture goals that you're hoping to, uh, to achieve? Because I, I know on your website, you have a, an interesting quote, we cannot solve the world's problems, but we can do what we do well, which I really, really like. So tell us some sort of what, what, what you're hoping is an outcome, big picture from COVID-19 in this campaign. And just, you know, I hope that I can make, you know, five people really happy. You know, that's what I'm really hoping to get out of it and uh, nothing else, you know, just to, to make a difference in somebody's life, somebody that, you know, went out of their, or, you know, they're out of the, the, the ordinary to do something. You know, people who went to work every day. I mean, let me tell you, I have a staff in here. This will be next that I want to nominate my staff because I have a staff that really did not miss one day coming to work. They don't know that yet, but this is my next campaign is, you know, I, actually my wife, she told me that I need to put them all on the pedestal. That's the exact word. So what I'm really, what, what I'm really hoping to get out of it is to make a difference in, in, in five people's life. That's it. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, well, there's the difference obviously you're going to make in having a beautiful new countertop, which, uh, thanks to your partners, um, for, uh, for, yes. for working with you on this, uh, which is great. But I have to say, perhaps more importantly than the new countertop is going to be the well-deserved recognition that those that are on the front lines deserve. Um, they have been working so, so hard in, uh, in ensuring that our mail is being delivered, ensuring that our groceries are bagged and Life has to go on. Life has to has to go on on some level. And uh, Tarek Marabi, thank you so much for um, for for recognizing the people that are that have uh, been providing those essential services on all levels. And I am very excited about your next campaign. Um, Tarek, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. And after we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, the work at the Granite and Marble Depot, uh, because I know you have an interesting perspective of how people have been responding beyond this campaign, um, but what they're doing with their houses and their businesses and so on. So I want to, I want to definitely talk about that. But uh, again, uh, that this is a good opportunity for us to say thank you. Uh, to all those that have uh, that have been on the front lines, all that all those that have continued to provide those essential workers, those uh, law enforcement professionals, those in hospitals, um, those in grocery stores, mail carriers. We cannot say it enough. Um, and uh, interestingly, you know, we're airing this uh, just at the tail end of the July Fourth weekend. So you are what makes America great. 
And uh, we cannot say thank you enough. We're going to be back with Tarek Mojave from the Granite and Marble Depot. After this quick break, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Hey, Chicago, welcome back. I've been chatting with Tarek Mojave from the Granite and Marble Depot. And uh, Tarek, I believe you have uh, a member of your team there with you. Uh, Tarek, uh, can you introduce uh, Anthony? Yes, uh, I'd like to know Anthony Rios just joined me and he is the marketing manager. And uh, he had played a big role in helping me putting this whole uh, event together. Nominated first responder, Anthony. It's such a fantastic idea. Uh, thank you for, uh, for recognizing those that, those that are, have been providing essential services. Yeah, it makes it easy. How you doing, podcast world? Hope everything is awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, it's really a reflection of just watching Tarek and, and listening to him. And it was easy to put together, you know. He, he, he does so much and just uh, turning that, those thoughts and those philosophies into a marketing message, it was very easy just because of the leadership here. Well, thank you for doing it. So I want to get into uh, the work at the Granite and Marble Depot. And this question is for either of you. With COVID-19, do you see any trends in your line of work? Are people staying home and doing more upgrades to different rooms? You know, that's for sure. That is for sure. A lot of people, you know, using their vacation money, uh, trying to put in a new countertop, uh, putting a kitchen cabinets, roof. Yeah, we 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 see a lot of that. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, if you can if you can't leave the house, then you might as well feel like you're on vacation in your own home. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, uh, what is in right now? What is what is the hot countertop so that everybody is talking about right now? <laughs> now you're putting us on the spot because we don't want to play no favorites. Right. But, you know, as a trend, I mean, we talk in general, you know, courts is popular. Okay. You know, as long as it's, uh, you know, what you like. I mean, my, my, our recommendation to every client is it doesn't matter what it is. As long mm-hmm. as you like it, put it in your house, you're going to love it. Uh, for a trend, you know, courts has been popular for the past, you know, five, six years. Natural stone is natural stone slowed down a little bit. But it's always our recommendation is find the, the, the design, the pattern that you like, and go for it. And your team helps with that process, I believe, in, in helping with the selection of the, uh, of the different options that are available. For sure. Here we have a 20,000 square feet of warehouse where we store and stock our own material. So when a client come, comes in you know, to shop, we can show them over probably 200 choices between quartz and natural stone. Uh, you know, we, we, we stock the full slabs here in, in, in Aurora location. It's uh, that's incredible. Something that it, 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 it never ceases to amaze me how somebody will come in and they'll say, oh, we love granite. We want granite. We want granite. They see some quartz and they're like, ah, let's do quartz. And it's very vice versa. So there's like these macro trends. But when it comes to the day-to-day stuff, it's like Tarek said, it's what they, what they really like. They fall in love with it when they see it in person. Well, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, buffets are gone because of COVID, but pretty much you go and uh, you have every option imaginable, and that's what the team at the the uh, at, at my granite, uh, the granite and marble depot, has uh, for you. So, um, Anthony, if I could ask, um, I know you have a couple of different locations. Can you tell us um, where uh, area geographically around the Chicago market uh, where you are, and can you share your website and phone number? Yeah, so website is www.mygranite.com. Real nice and simple, mygranite.com. Phone number here at the Aurora location, 630-966-9666. We've got um, Aurora, Rolling, I'm sorry, Aurora, Chicago, Mokina, um, Westmont. and Westmont locations. And 
we go to, as far as like down south. We, we're pretty much if it's in Illinois and you'll give us a shot, we'll see if we can get there for you. We go, we go, we go Indiana. We go like uh, Champaign. We go, we go everywhere. We go Wisconsin. So we we cover pretty much a good area. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, uh, Tarek, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on the air. Thank you for the uh, Nominate a First Responder campaign. Folks can get on the website, mygranite.com. The uh, campaign is going until July 15th, and five lucky winners are going to earn a, or win um, a, uh, a, a beautiful new countertop uh, with uh, gratitude from all of us for, uh, for the important service that they've been doing throughout COVID-19. Um, you have been listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be back next Sunday on AM560 at 6 p.m. right here on AM560. The answer to success. Let's get down to business.